Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil, and we're about to talk aviation and weather with Dr. Scott Denstead. Uh, I remember this one flight we took, um, it was out in actually Needles, California, right near Death Valley, and there was a cell that popped up kind of in the middle of nowhere there, and so I was with a student. I said, hey, you want to try something here? And, of course, the student, said, well, oh, yeah, I guess so. And, of course, hashtag weather fools and other drinking shenanigans, all on episode 146 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome uh, to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, special thanks to our Patreon members for supporting the show. And uh, those that happen to be joining us tonight, I know we've got uh, Dan and Angela in our green room this evening. Um, uh, but you can also join us at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks and be live in the chat or even on the show with our guests. So check that out. Uh, but it is happy hour, always is, every time we record, doesn't matter when. I see Steve just checked in as well in our chat. Steve, welcome. Um, but it's happy hour. I hope Steve's joining us. But we're going to go around, kind of find out what everybody's drinking because it gives us the chance to find out which co-hosts are on the show tonight and uh, maybe find a good new drink for you to add to your repertoire of your own. We'll see what happens. But MJ, our producer and Skywarn coordinator in Minnesota, what are you drinking tonight? Good evening. I'm not going to give you anything really wild because this is a vodka sour again. But I do have it in my lake as my happy place glass because that's where I am even in the mm -hmm. winter and fall. The lake is my happy place. Vodka helps. Great. Love it. Vodka helps a lot. Does, are you guys ice fishing up there yet? Not, no, no. Okay, just checking. It's not even quite frozen over yet. There's still just checking. water. All right. Uh, then we've got our meteorologist and weather producer with the Weather Channel. It's our birthday girl for the evening. Uh, Dina Knightley. Dina, happy birthday. Uh, but what are what are you celebrating with? I have I finally found my favorite drink that I I had out at a restaurant once. It's called Decoy. And it's it's hard to see here, but it's a premium wine seltzer, black cherry. I went to like literally four different liquor stores and I finally found it. So I stocked up. I pretty much took what he had. So it's wow. like, you... they're like a, a, they're kind of like a hard seltzer, but they're really, they're a wine one. Okay. Hmm. And it's a different flavor. It's a different, it's a different taste, but it's so, I'd love these. I, I'm going to buy them all. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, happy birthday then, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. And okay. I got my favorite drink. Cool. I see Josh uh, has joined us in the chat this evening as well. Um, Maz, our former on-camera meteorologist in Cincinnati, what are you drinking? And not because I drank too much. That's why I'm not former. But anyway, <clears throat> I haven't had dessert yet tonight, so I went for the Platform Bon Bonnery Cream Opera Coffee Stout. It's, wow. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of words. <laughs> it's good. If you need dessert, and I did, you know. It's good. You probably won't be able to say that later. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cream, like a cream dessert stout? Yeah, it's like a Bon Bonnery um, opera cream cake coffee stout. My God, how many calories are in that can? You keep <laughs> adding words. You keep adding words to this. Cake. There's wait, so many wait. words. There's a government warning. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> 
240 calories a can. <laughs> All right, Jen, our contributor and former social media specialist at the Weather Channel. What are you drinking tonight, Jen? What what non-alcoholic, nice, good for you water are you drinking tonight? Oh, I tonight? saw what you had. I know what you're you doing, us. I've got the it's the sparkling uh, water. It's cherry limeade. It's amazing, delicious uh, with vitamins and antioxidants because um, I have a little bit of a cold, and so does my daughter. So, yeah, um, trying to stay healthy. Hey, Jen, can, can you still get water? Because I was just at the store and they're running out on the shelves in Kroger. Uh -oh. I was like, <laughs> uh -oh. It's water. That's I was going to say, because somebody has to be healthy. And this is true. This true. is very true. Then I've never, <laughs> literally never seen you have a, uh, like a drink drink with us. Not once. I know. In person. In person. I know. Mm. I will, if I'm healthy next time, I, I do have oh, some No, tequila. stop. Stop with yeah. the promises. I'm done with the promises. <laughs> Don't need to hear those. I've just I've I've reserved myself to be okay now with you just drinking water. I'm I'm okay with it now. I will so, surprise so you guys. So don't tease us. I won't. I won't. Okay. I won't anymore. All right. Then we got Greg, our storm chaser and photographer with the tornado hunters. Greg, what are you drinking tonight, sir? <laughs> well, considering I'm in my van and I am parked down by a river, yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call this the Matt Foley. Hi, I'm in a van nice. down by the river. It's it's Ryan Coke. Okay. I love how you make nice. a drink and then you just name it. I just name it. <laughs> I do. I like that. You, you don't have any open container issues there inside your van, do you? Like uh, no, no. As get... long as the keys aren't in the ignition, I'm okay. uh, I'm just sleeping in my van. You're good. Like and nice it, and it's rye bread, right? Is that what it is? No, no. Oh. This is rye whiskey. Rye oh, whiskey. Okay. Oh. And be careful. All right, Maz. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and get to our uh, esteemed guest this evening. Excellent. We're excited to have Dr. Scott Denstead was originally employed by the National Weather Service as a research meteorologist. But way back in the late 90s, that's the 1990s, by the way, Scott <laughs> earned his commercial pilot certificate and became a full-time flight instructor. In 2008, he founded Aviation Weather Workshops, Inc., known as AVWX Workshops, Inc., to teach pilots how to minimize their exposure to adverse weather. Now, I got to tell you, Scott, Dina is a full-fledged pilot. I want to be one. What's like mm -hmm. the biggest tip you have for all of us? A large checkbook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of money in your in your bank account because it's, uh, it's not cheap. Uh, you know, Avgas is a very expensive these days. Yeah, and how many more hours is it after your uh, private, private pilot? To get the commercial? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably talking about somewhere around 200 more hours. Um, there's various different requirements, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a couple hundred hours to get there. And, um, you know, you have to also do it in a specific kind of airplane um, in terms of retractable gear airplane. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money that goes into that. Oh, and yeah. then you get to start as the first officer making no money. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. In, in many cases, you actually have to. You know, most of these regionals want you to have at least fifteen hundred hours uh, before you can uh, before you can actually get into that uh, right seat. But nowadays, it's um, you know most of these uh, folks you know become flight instructors, and they build time as they do flight instruction because you can log pilot and command time, and at that point in time, they get to a, that, that fifteen hundred hour mark and they start applying. Oh wow! Uh, okay, so, can we start right at the beginning though, Scott? <laughs> Like right at the beginning, how do airplanes fly? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is it magic? Like, uh, it's sorcery. 
it yeah. is a little it's a it's a little bit mystifying. I mean, I when I take off, I still am very mystified by the whole thing. Right. It's right. it's amazing to feel that airplane lift off and you start to you know move away from Mother Earth. That is just the most exhilarating feeling around. So yeah, it's it's a it's a little mystery there. You don't ever say that on the uh, intercom. This is Captain Scott. I'm still mystified we got off the ground. <laughs> I, I try to avoid that with my passengers, yeah. <laughs> but Scott, it's weird because like I, I started in aviation and really I got into weather because aviation was so expensive and I paid for it as I went. But you got to your commercial license and then did, but you were already there. So how did that happen? Yeah, so my, my goal was really just to fly because I've always, uh, I, I loved aviation, loved weather. Um, and when I got into the, uh, the whole concept of learning about, you know, uh, the whole weather component to, to, to flying, uh, it really got me interested in, you know, how I can marry up my meteorology background with this newfound love for aviation. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, I started to, uh, you know, I realized if you read all these books about aviation, you realize that, you know, as you gain more experience, you become typically a safer pilot. So I wanted another to get to have another goal in mind. And so I became a flight instructor. And at that point in time, I realized, you know what, I could actually teach this stuff to pilots and really focused on that element, aviation weather. Scott, I've got a question um, because I think that's so fascinating. What is the hardest thing for like new pilots to learn? Like what do they struggle with the most or what is the biggest mistake that they make? Well, I know some pilots, it, it's really a broad uh, uh, range of things. I've run into pilots that have the stick and rudder skills almost from the beginning. So they can literally, you know, run circles around most uh, pilots that have been pilots for many years. Other pilots have a tough time talking on the radio, air traffic control uh, kind of stuff. Um, but I think I think the most difficult for any pilot to learn is how to land the airplane. It's, um, you know, because you not only just if it weren't one for weather, landing an airplane would be would be easy for the most part. But because you have the possibility of gusty winds or crosswinds makes it more challenging. So you have to be able to learn to land in these more <clears throat> adverse weather conditions. And that's kind of what makes the, the whole process of learning to fly initially very difficult because you got to make sure that you're, you know, if I'm an instructor, make sure your student can actually safely land the airplane every single time. So, Scott, um, I, uh, I'm obsessed with the crosswind landing videos on YouTube. And you see these planes crabbing in, you know, almost looking like they're coming in sideways. Very, very fascinating. What's the hardest landing you've ever had like what airport were you in what was the situation and and you're already smiling so i know you yes. got a good one for us <laughs> yeah um i was uh, when i was uh just got my commercial certificate and was uh planning a trip from baltimore where i grew up and did all my training to uh chicago area um i had you know instrument rated so i can fly in the clouds i uh, planned this flight and there was a this was a day where there was a lot of lake effect going on and I flew an airplane. It's a turbo hour four and it was, uh, it's not certified into icing conditions. Uh, so you have to be real careful about that. But I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if I could actually get on top. A turbocharged airplane can actually fly much higher. And as a result of that, I spent way too much time worrying about that 
And so I wanted to make sure I could climb in clear air, get on top of the clouds, and then descend in clear air. And after about 20 minutes, 30 minutes of, of uh, pondering that, I was able to figure out I could do that with no problems. But I did not check the wind at my destination airport. And so here I am flying into this airport, and, it, and the headwinds were brutal. So what normally would take four hours took five hours. So I was mm. low on fuel, and I tuned into the frequency to listen to the um, the weather at the airport, and it noted that I was going to have a direct crosswind of 35 knots. Oh, uh, wow. The airplane has only really been tested up to somewhere around 20 knots with a test pilot. Oh. So my thought was, well, I, I got to find some other airport to land at, but I've got a really full bladder at this point. Oh. And um, uh, so in that particular case, it was get down as quick as possible. And fortunately, the weather gods were were, were shining on me that day, and uh, I squeaked in a good landing. So wow. can we add test pilot to your uh, resume as well? That's what I felt like at the time. It's not. I'm not proud of that moment, but uh, it's. It, the point is, is I learned a lot from that particular situation to make sure I check all the boxes and not forget something. <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. You're like, I'm coming in. It's gonna happen. We're gonna get it. That's it's right. Go. It's coming in. Is there coming in hot? Get out of the way. There's yeah. special code for the tower when you're like gotta go now yes it's it, it's it's basically uh you're you're in that situation and pilots are notoriously very good at this and that is they know where the bathrooms are at the airports <laughs> so scott i have to ask you along with uh, uh greg's question what is like the craziest weather you've encountered in the air rather than like the landing yeah, I get that question all the time, even from just you know, all, all different kinds of pilots. They, they say, oh, here's, the, here's the meteorologist, here's the pilot guy, he's the weather guru. You, know, you have to have gotten yourself into some really bad weather situation. And to be honest, I'm a, I'm, I'm a weather weenie. I just don't like to, I hate turbulence with a passion. So I, I try to do the best I can at staying away from any significant weather. But I, I guess the, the most interesting element. I was, uh, I was flying from uh, Lincoln Park, New Jersey, down to Charlotte, North Carolina. I was actually kind of a, a passenger on the airplane, was not a flight instructor at the time, but was a well-informed passenger. And we were flying um, in an area where there was a, a really well-developing trough. Uh, it was going to turn into a nor'easter. And flying out of the New York airspace is really tough. They don't want to let you fly directly west because our goal was to fly south, but fly west first and down around the western side of D.C. Uh, but the air traffic control clearance that, that I received basically put us uh, uh, on the eastern coast where this trough was developing. An area of low pressure was starting to, to take shape. And I started getting into some really significant uh, severe chop at around wow. 8,000 feet. And I thought I might have stumbled into an embedded thunderstorm. And at that point in time, um, we decided to, you know, what you should do is you, you terminate the flight and figure it out on the ground. And so we did that. We actually said, or we were over Richmond, Virginia at the time. So we told air traffic control we wanted to divert. And at that point in time, we landed and we got to 4,000 feet and it smoothed out like glass. Wow. And the temptation was, well... Maybe we'd just continue on at 4,000 feet, but no, we, we went down and landed. 
Uh, and it was funny because when we landed, you couldn't even see the runway. There was so much water on the runway. You couldn't even see the numbers on the runway. So I'm thinking, wow. okay, we're going to land this airplane. We're in a hydroplane and crash. <laughs> um, and then when we got to this, the fixed, what they call the FBO, the fixed-based operator there, it was hilarious because here it is just pouring down rain and the attendant comes out after we park and he comes out with this little red carpet and he throws it down <laughs> into splashes it in the water, yeah. <laughs> no umbrella. And here we are going to get our, you know, uh, you know, get soaked trying to go right into the, uh, uh, to the FBO there. It was funny. Oh, wow. So you didn't actually end up saying, this is Captain Scott. We're going to hydroplane and crash. You didn't do that either. <laughs> no, no. These were, this was in the small general aviation airplane. Because so, Scott, what, what size plane yeah. was it? That because you're if you were a commercial pilot, how big was that plane, and how big was the biggest one you've ever flown? Yeah, so I, I fly general aviation only, so I'm not don't do any kind of commercial aviation per se. In that sense, it's it's only uh, you know training general aviation pilots more than anything else. So this particular airplane was a four seater. It's called was called a Columbia 400, uh, a twin turbo um, uh, aircraft. But you know that's that's generally my sweet spot. The largest aircraft I've ever flown is a Pilatus PC-12, which is a single engine uh, aircraft that seats about eight. A single engine with eight seats, huh? Oh yeah. The Pilatus PC-12 is just, is my favorite airplane. If I had to pick an airplane to, to purchase and, and, and fly on a regular basis, it would probably be the PC-12. Um, but I don't have the $3.3 million to buy. <laughs> so Scott, have you ever, uh, have you ever, uh, done storm chasing in like on a on a tornado day you know thunderstorm builds up to the west and you you know cruise by the south of the storm and look at the tornado and stuff like that well i haven't got quite near a tornado per, you know, in this particular case but uh, <laughs> one of the reasons i wanted to learn to fly is uh, is my love of weather and and certainly uh my love of of uh you know convection and thunderstorms was really uh, but I wanted to get up in the air and take some pictures of it. So yes, I was doing right. a fair amount. Anytime I would go on a flight, obviously I have a camera by my side and, um, and taking as many pictures as I possibly could. Uh, I remember this one flight we took, um, it was out in actually Needles, California, right near Death Valley. And there was a cell that popped up kind of in the middle of nowhere there. And so I was with a student. I said, Hey, you want to, well, try something here. And of course, your student, oh, yeah, I guess so. And so we actually circled around this cell about uh, maybe five or six times because it wasn't moving. It was just sitting in place. And I got a lot of great pictures uh, around all sides of this particular cell. But, you know, obviously, you know, you worry about the possibility of hail falling out of the top of the thing. And, and that doesn't do very well to a, a metal airplane. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I try to keep my distance, but I've gotten a lot of great pics of, uh, of uh, some storms from the distance. Do, do you ever get like students saying, can, can we buzz my girlfriend's house? Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've tried to avoid getting, uh, doing that because unfortunately a lot of the accidents that are out there occur due to uh, the stupid politics. FAA on line <laughs> one. <laughs> so yes. Scott, Scott, as a photographer, one of my bucket list photos is, nighttime lightning storm from the air you know that like crazy shot of the cumulonimbus cloud you do you have that in your portfolio i have a few of those pictures um the problem with nighttime flying especially when you're dealing around you know different thunderstorms and convection is that uh it's really hard you have, you have to stay in those kind of cases visual 
it's really right. hard to do that. Um, and you don't want to find any clouds because, you know, of course, you can't get pictures in, when you're in the clouds itself. Plus, you may find yourself into a developing cumulus cloud and uh, and you don't want to do that. So uh, and it's also you have to have the right you know, camera equipment to be able to do that. Uh, you're also in a, in a moving airplane trying to get a, a good shot of lightning and pictures sometimes turn out blurry. Sometimes you just don't quite get what you intended to get. So it's uh, it's a lot more difficult at night, but that's uh, probably the coolest aspect of, of flying in terms of uh, being able to get that perfect picture of a thunderstorm. So Scott, what's the longest flight that you've ever taken? Do you do international? Like do you fly overseas? I don't. I've flown to Canada a couple of times. Um, but uh, in, in, in smaller airplanes, you just uh, you, you uh, in order for like airplanes to be ferried over to Europe, they actually go up through uh, through you know, uh, Nova Scotia and up over to Iceland and hop over there. They typically have to be uh, outfitted with extra uh, fuel tanks in the in the airplane itself. So they put this bladder in the uh, airplane and that's they fill it up with extra fuel so they can get uh, to they can get across those uh, oceans. And um uh, my longest flight was probably, uh, I've flown across the country literally probably three or four dozen times from east to the west coast. Um, usually we break that up into a, a you know, a two-day trip uh, mm -hmm. with the smaller airplanes. Uh, you just can't really, you know, you, you don't want to be flying when you're tired. But um, I've seen the Rockies from a different position that most people never see. And it's, 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 it's actually gorgeous. One one last question because I sense we're going to break. Are you part of the Mile High Club now? <laughs> well, what's that? Um, what's that? What's that? <laughs> no, no, I can. I I have to say that that's still on my bucket list. <laughs> ah. you're young, Scott. You got lots of time, my friend. Okay, so I'm interested in light lightning in the air, air, all that kind of stuff. G give me an idea of why I should feel safe flying potentially through or close to a lightning storm, super, anything like that. Well, Phil, the turns out that most lightning strikes are aircraft induced, not natural lightning. Mm. Uh, and it actually, in if you remember, it was Apollo 12, I think got struck twice as it was taking off, whereas it was lifting off. Um, and that was basically induced by the aircraft itself. Wow. And it was, there was not a single natural lightning strike six hours or, or six hours before or after that liftoff. So most aircraft, if you look at the number of hours a commercial aircraft uh, flies, uh, we're talking airliners, most of them get struck at least once uh, per year. And it's all induced by the aircraft itself. And usually it happens around the freezing level uh, in in areas where there's precipitation. So it's rare to see a lightning uh, a airplane just happen to get in the way of a lightning bolt. It does happen. Usually that's down low uh, near the surface, um, um, but it's, uh, it's, you would just have to literally be at the wrong place at the wrong time to get struck by lightning. So, so if anything happens to the aircraft because of the lightning, you can just say, hey, it's your own fault. You created it. That's right. Uh, so I'm sorry, airplane, that you are now crashing uh, to your to, no. But so, but how how am I feeling? So you told me how it's created. Yes. But how am I feeling safe when our airplane gets struck by lightning and knowing that nothing's? Am I safe, or are there some dangers involved? 
Well, there are some dangers. A lot of times, depending on where the lightning strikes, you can actually get uh, the avionics in the airplane can get disrupted. I've seen a number of instrument panels fried because of of lightning, but normally it, it enters in one place and exit, exits out another. A lot of these airplanes have uh, wicks on them that tends to try to avoid you know, any significant damage. A lot of times it will, if uh, like if you've ever seen a 172, Cessna 172, they have a little mirror that sits down so they can see uh, the uh, on, it's on the strut. Sometimes the lightning actually uh, exits out of that mirror. So there's a number of places where you see these uh, exit and entry points for the lightning, but it's uh, in most cases, uh, pilots don't even know they've been hit by lightning. They'll see the flash and it's not really a strong lightning strike like you might see in a supercell thunderstorm. Uh, it's typically a low, a low amperage uh, strike that happens. So it's not terribly dangerous uh, if that were to occur and you're flying in a commercial aircraft or uh, the, the biggest worry you have is that you actually got into the center of the storm and then lightning is not the problem. It's extreme turbulence. You feel better now, Phil, right? a Faraday yes. cage, right, Scott? Yeah, you're protected. You're not going to, you know, I've never heard of any pilot being electrocuted in that particular uh, scenario. I guess it could happen, but, um, you know, you're, it's, it's similar to you know, being protected in a car uh, from that standpoint. But, uh, I can almost guarantee you that uh, you know if if you were uh, struck by lightning, is that the airplane needs to be very well looked over, just because of the simple fact is it's uh, it could have some serious damage on it. So I've I've seen vehicles struck by lightning, and it and it basically kills all the electric. It kills mm -hmm. the car, right? Stops dead in its tracks. Could the same thing happen to a plane? Uh, not usually. Um, the the it I guess it depends if you're if you have a uh, like a, a piston airplane that I fly uh, should not be affected by that because all the all that's um, basically generated through uh, the the power to run the airplane is essentially uh, generated through the magnetos. What you would have problems with potentially is if if you have an all an aircraft that relies a lot more on electricity uh, throughout the thing as opposed to some of the steam gauge. Uh, round gauges that you see in um, some of the older aircraft, some of the uh, some of the avionics these days, most of these even small general aviation airplanes have a full glass panel in front of them. So uh, that would be pretty significant if you lost every aspect of, of your way to navigate and the way to, to, to know whether or not your airplane is shiny side up or anything like that. I was, love, was anybody I love. nervous? When he said not usually, not I was like, usually. I, I love how Curtis and uh, one of our Patreon members in the chat said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> nice. So, hey, so, so I want to let everybody, everybody know, hey, so it's the giving season, right? And, and it's upon us. But at helicity.co slash SFF for Stormfront Freaks, they've got a huge selection of weather and hurricane themed T-shirts and merchandise, including... The Stormfront Freaks shirts, beverage containers, and stickers for that. Got to go get a refill so you can too, and we'll be right back with more from Scott. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy, the chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We've got uh, Scott Denstad here with us, and, and we're talking weather and aviation. Um, one of the neat things, Scott, that I know you've done that I just I, I kind of want to find out a little bit more about to kind of geek out about, uh, you've created a, an app uh, that that combines obviously those two things. I guess what t- tell us a little bit about that app and what was your what was that brainchild all about? Where'd that come from? Sure, I developed um, as part of my doctor doctoral dissertation. Um, I was uh, one of the things that you learn as as a pilot is that. Uh, aircraft accidents that are what are called VFR, flying visual flight rules into instrument meteorological conditions, kills a lot of pilots. And I wanted to try to develop an application, a weather briefing application, that would uh, help eliminate that for uh, for this particular situation. So I, I spent three and a half years on my dissertation, and out popped this this new application called Easy Weather Brief, EZWX Brief. Um, and it's a progressive web app, not something you'll find on the App Store. And uh, what it does is it uses something called personal weather minimums, meaning that we know that not all pilots are, are, are made alike, meaning that if I have a, I'm a, a pilot that only has a couple hundred hours versus somebody that has 10,000 hours of, of time, I'm definitely, not, uh, you know, as a 200-hour pilot, going to be a little bit more cautious. And my minimums, even though the FAA publishes certain minimums, um, that doesn't mean that I have to fly to those minimums. Instead, I can set my minimums to be a little higher bar more conservatively. And this particular app basically uses those minimums, looks at the weather along a proposed route of flight, and evaluates that in a way that allows them to kind of quantify the risk that they're taking on any particular flight. So it points out that, hey, this flight's not going to be possible. Uh, due to the fact that you've got some lower ceilings along your route of flight that don't meet mm-hmm. your personal minimums. And and ultimately, that would be the goal is to get this into hands of all pilots out there so that they can um, they can essentially eliminate this kind of, uh, of accident. And it's all along the entire journey. So if you're doing like a four or five hour flight mm-hmm. as the weather changes along the flight? Yes, exactly. It it's, uh, basically takes all the the model forecast data and pulls it all in and it uh, it combines it, you know, uh, using my secret sauce, so to speak, as part of the dissertation work that I did. And at that point in time, it will look for all these elements that are important for pilots, and it'll point it out to them. And the goal is to find what the departure time that meets all your personal minimum. So really, I call this an easy departure advisor. And it shows you if you depart between this hour and this hour, that's going to meet all your minimums. And it looks along your entire route for that particular uh, those elements, uh, and it makes you know getting to the answer much quicker, uh, and so ultimately it helps pilots save time. Scott, that's incredible. Yeah. I wish I had that when when I flew because I was VFR t- rated. So if I got in over my head and the ceiling, the cloud ceiling came down, I was in trouble. So say you say it picks you a time. Maybe it is a little bit of your minimum. You feel a little more comfortable. Will it give you the option of saying flying a little higher or a little lower or something like that too? Yeah, so basically I provide a a vertical cross-section or route profile that that shows the entire route. So it'll show clouds, it'll show icing, turbulence, um, and areas of where that would be convection. Um, And so you're able to quickly able to pinpoint that because you can see it vertically 
and it's it's painted graphically in front of you so that way you can say okay well maybe i uh, i'm going to have some issues along my route of flight sort of halfway in between uh, but maybe if i fly at a specific altitude i can stay above the clouds and then get to my destination and land in you know essentially clear air so yeah it helps you do all that as well Scott, wow. can you use this on like a commercial flight or before a commercial flight and be like, I know what I'm about to get into or if it's going to be like really turbulent? Yes, I do that all the time myself when <laughs> I fly commercially. And so I can, uh, I'll, I'll set the, uh, uh, the altitude that I'm, I'm planning to fly up at 39,000 feet or whatever the, uh, you know, I go into flight aware and I pull out what the altitude's going to be. And so I put all that in there so I can immediately see what, um, you know, what, kind of turbulence we might face or, you know, how close we're going to get to that convection. So, yeah, I usually do that myself. Oh, that's so and fun. That, I'm doing that before every flight now. And, uh, <laughs> and after three years, you, you, this is all free. The whole app is free, right? <laughs> after three years. <laughs> yeah, if you pay me lots of money up front, then the rest of the time it's free. I was just thinking, I hope you're charging good money for this, right, guy. Right. Yes, it's a, it's a basically the way I do this, and it's kind of unique, um, is, is that uh, it's $79 um, a year, uh, but uh, you can do a 14-day trial. But the uh, once you've been a, a member for a year, I have a tell us what you want to pay option. You can tell me what you want to pay for the app. Um, and so I've been, I've I've had people, you know, pay me a buck and I've had people pay me, you know, $300 for the year because they, you know, I had uh, an attorney come up to me at a a show I was doing. He said, Scott, you saved me an hour of time. Your app was so great. It just saved me an hour of time. And I charge my clients $400 an hour. So I owe you $400. Wow. Do you want it? Do you want us to edit out the, the dollar? comment you made so that <laughs> no, that's okay, right. okay. <laughs> so is this, uh, what was the attorney's name <laughs> <laughs> is this only good in uh uh the lower 40 lower, lower like the the lower like the contiguous united states kind of thing get yeah, it out so, greg yeah so right yeah, now yeah. it's it's basically the uh the the conterminous us plus southern canada and and northern mexico and maybe a little bit of the caribbean but um uh, but yeah, I haven't uh, expanded it yet to up to Alaska or anywhere else in the world. So it's basically so what's, a US the, what's the limitation on that then? Is it like is it the model data that you're like what, what what prevents you? Celsius. Well, what prevents it is that we you know we we use um, I use uh, some of the forecast products for icing and turbulence, for example, that only cover the rapid refresh um, domain. Oh, gotcha. And so. Uh, and I know these products don't necessarily cover all the domain, but you know, a limited amount of the domain. So I try to use those products rather than trying to invent my own uh, icing algorithms or turbulence right. algorithms. And so that kind of limits where we can we can do it right now. But um, I'm sure that we, in the future that will um, you know that will uh, that will change, and I'll expand it out at that point in time. Well, hey, that's uh, that's the sound, Scott. That means it is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions that we always get to play with our guests. Uh, and tonight is no different. Uh, I I pulled this pulled this out of a hat, uh, and we're gonna play tonight. Uh, this is this is the IMDb top 100 air disaster flicks. Ooh. And so, so I pulled this out, and here's, here's what we'll do, Scott, is I'm going to give you two uh, air disaster flicks, 
You have to tell me which was the highest rated of the two in the IMDb Top 100 most popular air disaster flicks. Does that make sense? Yes. So you, you just got to tell me which one you think was uh, rated rated the highest. And the freaks, uh, they can kind of help out. Like they're they're the uh, pull the audience kind of thing. They, they can help out and chime in maybe what they think. Because um, possibly you've never heard of some of these. I, I'm not saying you've even heard of some, right? So I, I thought you were going to say we could steal. Like uh, no, right, no, you right. guys, you guys don't get any points tonight. We're just out here of this. to help. Yeah, Greg, no, you want to know why they call it the cockpit? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that that Frank is something. Like movies about gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here are the first two, Scott. Uh, you got to tell me which of these two was rated highest in the IMDb Top 100. Flight 666, that's one of Maz's favorites, or Airplane versus Volcano. Which, <laughs> which, which of those two was rated? And they were both, here's, here's the scary part, they're both in the Top 100. So which one is higher? Well, let's see. Tom Hanks had a uh, a movie. It was something in the volcano. What was it? Um, Joe versus Joe. the volcano. Joe versus the volcano. I don't think that did very well. So, what do you guys think? I don't know the six 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 one. I I that's what would get me. It was really nine nine nine, but it was flying up. Flying inverted. Um, yeah, I I would go with the volcano. Airplane versus volcano rated higher. Yes. yes. No. Oh, that is incorrect. No. Oh, bummer. Uh, Flight 666 was rated 39th. Oh Airplane versus Volcano 53. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, here's a couple. These two you're probably more familiar with. We have Sully and we have Die Hard 2. Oh, Which Die of those Hard was rated uh, more popular in the top 100? Definitely Sully. Definitely Sully. Die Hard 2. I haven't seen yeah, Sully. I think Die Hard 2. I'd say Die Hard 2. Yeah. Sully was yeah. great, but it's got to be Die Hard because it's yeah. entertaining. Just because it yeah. is. What and do you I think, love, Scott? Yeah, I love Bruce Willis, so I have to go with Die Hard. Die Hard 2. That is yeah. correct. That is correct. And, and that's sad, isn't Christmas it? Christmas or it something, is. doesn't it? It is actually sad. <laughs> All right, here's the next two. We have Airplane, uh, the yeah. comedy, and we have The Concord, Airport 79. One of the famed airport Airplane. films. Airplane. 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 I mean, Airplane is a classic. So, yeah. I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind it's got to be Airplane. And don't call me Shirley. I'm going. Oh, Shirley. It is Airplane. So, hey, so I, I forgot to tell that. you, uh, Sully was rated sixth. Wow. Die Hard 2 was number one. Really? Uh, Airplane. Really? Airplane is number two on that list. Wow. Uh, the Concord Airport 79 was 32. Hmm. All right, here's the next two. We have the original airport uh, from the 70s, and we have United 93. Which of those films is rated higher? United, United 93. United 93. Yeah, yeah. going to go with that one. I would probably do the 93 as well. United 93? That is correct. Uh, yeah. That is correct. Uh, United 93 was 10th. Airport is 17th. Mm. Okay. All right, here's some favorites. Soul Plane, Soul Plane, <laughs> and Flight Plan. Soul Plane flight and plan. Flight Plan. I like yeah. Flight Plan, too. Flight, flight plan. plan? Okay, we'll do Flight Plan. That is correct. Hopefully that's, you got that, one that, of the that's a shocker a to me. 
Uh, flight plane was ninth, but I, Soul Plane didn't even make top ten. It was twenty four. So I, 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 I question this Jody list Foster, a little bit. Though, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Two favorites. Two favorites. Flight of the Living Dead or Snakes on a Plane. Oh. Snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane for sure. I was wondering yeah. if you had that one. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a plane, NATO? What are you sick and tired of, guys? What are you sick and tired of? I didn't see that. Uh, snakes on a plane with seven. Flight of the Living Dead, forty-five. All right, here's the last two. This is gonna be a tough one. All right, Scott. Okay. We have covered uh, number one was Die Hard two. Airplane was number two. Uh, these two. One of these is higher than the other. Con Air or Air Force One. Air Force oh, One. Air Force One. Air Force One. Air Force One. Harrison Ford. Baby. Yes, Harrison Ford. There you go. Oh, no. No. Oh, no way. No. No, no. Where's the Ford better than No, Con Air number three, Air oh. Force One 13. Wow. wow. Con Air with that uh, goofy uh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage? Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a good flick. That's actually it's good. good film. But it's it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good job. You you did uh, you did pretty good on that, Scott. Very good. Well done. You know your you know your disaster flight movies. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> All right. Well, do us a favor. Uh, tell our listeners how they can follow you on social media, and or track down your book and your app. Where where can they get these things? Sure. Well, my app is EZWXBrief.com. That's EZWXBrief.com. My book is called Pilot Web from Solo to the Airlines. It was written with by, with me and my. Um, my co-author, was, uh, who was a Boeing 787 captain for Air Canada. And you can go to pilotweatherbook.com for that. And you can find me on social media. Um, I have you know, uh, in Twitter, for instance, at AVWX Workshops. So when we address you, does the doctor come before captain? Is it captain doctor, doctor captain? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with the doctor thing. <laughs> Very good. Well, hey, everybody, it's time for our final break, uh, but we got some more shenanigans to come, so stay tuned. <laughs> This is Jen Garfagna from the Weather Channel, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. All right. It's time for Hashtag Weather Fools. This is where... We uh, find amazing videos and, and interesting tidbits of weather stuff with people doing dumb things in the weather. And uh, I think we've got a few. Uh, I'm, Phil, let's start with you today. Wow, you're going to start with me? Yeah, I feel let's so privileged. All right. So uh, I this is uh, this is out of YouTube. You know, we got, we, we're starting to get some snow falling right now. Uh, so some people are, are living in snow at this moment. This is a video of someone's backyard uh, cam, like their camera overlooking their back deck and their backyard in the snow. And it's, it looks like a young couple with a little toddler. And I'm just going to play this a little bit here. 
<laughs> and you can see this little tiny toddler in like a onesie snowsuit. Wow, that is a youngin. It's so Stan cute. Standing in the snow. And I will preface this by telling you that I really don't think this little one is really excited about the snow. Like, is afraid to touch it, doesn't want to move. He's like standing in one spot and he doesn't want to move. And so I'll preface that when I uh, play the rest of this video. They're like, oh, look at the cute, yeah. look, at, he's doing so good. Oh, <laughs> and, and so what happens is he starts to lose his balance, but he's afraid to touch the snow and, and block his fall. So he just blocks his fall with his face. He starts to wobble. He's going up, oh, up, oh, boom. <laughs> That is so adorable. Oh, my God. And what's hilarious is his parents are just laughing. They're just like, ha, 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 ha. This kid's terrible. probably terrified. So I don't know if the weather fool are the parents because they, they let their child face plant into the snow. Or maybe That's it's the toddler because the toddler's afraid to touch the snow, and I'll call the toddler a weather fool. I don't care. Yeah, oh. that's awesome. Jen, Jen that's you've so got cute. something for Weather Fools as well. I do have something. So I've shared my screen, and um, this is actually from TikTok. And so I'm going to, you know, preface this a little bit before I play it. But you've got, like, iced roads, like, kind of like a little bit of an intersection of iced roads. And it's like you wouldn't want to be driving on it. You wouldn't want to be walking on it. But instead, we have a person crawling on it and i think there's a person watching oh, look at that. Being like, like the pub is just so close <laughs> so you know i would originally be like oh this might be like a weather pool but they're actually smart they're figuring out how to get to their destination so they stick their drunk tongue on the road perhaps smart by accident right yes yes exactly so yeah so that is my my weather quote unquote fool but actually i think they're a little smarty pants because they're they're doing it they're just drunk yeah. that's we a good weather a they're hashtag drunk. weather drunk <laughs> that might that be nice good. you know given that it was tiktok too jen the music was perfect for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> i thought so too yeah and dina dina you've got uh, something for weather fools as well yeah, and this one, this is a meteorologist, Daniel Maslowski, if I'm saying it right. But wow. he said, if there's one thing I've learned on the job, it's that you make mistakes in the learning process. And you might stutter and trip over your words. But this, you got to listen to it, okay? You should have the audio. And he just keeps doing it. He's like, oh. <laughs> Wow, settle down, bud. And he keeps doing it. Oh, Mohawk Valley forecast. I'm surprised the director didn't like any. He said, "See some breaks in the clouds." This had to be his first job. I mean, this is a 51 second hit, and he is just effing up the whole thing. Just give up, and he gives up, and then he leaves. Question: Did he get back the next day? He was really funny about it. But it's one of those things like once you make that one first mistake, it's like you're, it's in your mind and you just can't get over the hump. And oh my God. Nice but, Channel 9 janitor. He's not, <laughs> I doubt, I'm surprised the director didn't cut him. He's like, commercial, rap, rap. Oh my God, that was bad. But I like that one. That's a funny one if you want to listen to it. Awesome. Thanks, Dina. Um, okay, MJ, I've got one as well. 
if you want to cue mine up, uh, uh, so this is a, a video actually, guys, that I shot a few years ago at Chapman, Kansas. This is the Ooh. same storm that produced the Chapman, Kansas EF4 tornado. And um, I thought this was appropriate for tonight, given that we had uh, Scott, our pilot, on. So I'm going to put this into to motion, this video. And you're going to see flying in on the right-hand nice side in a moment. Yeah, you're going to see a plane flying into this storm. Oh what the hell? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my, right. oh my God. Wow. And I'm like, okay, let me play that again. This guy is a, a <laughs> this yeah. is a weather This is a storm that produced an EF4 tornado, and this airplane's flying right into it. Oh, my it. gosh. That is crazy. Crazy. So I'm sure he, I I'm know. sure he couldn't see it with all that lightning going on. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, you can check out all of the weather fools on episode episode uh, 146 episode? show episode. <laughs> I've had I've had a few of these drinks. So uh, uh, episode 146 show notes, and uh, that was hashtag weather fools. like the music and want to like kind of jam out for a second but this is the part of the show we call wasted weather and this is where we kind of search the dark web and we find somebody that might have had a little too much to drink you know like some of those uh chief meteorologists who are on the 11 o'clock show and they've gone out to dinner and had a few already uh so phil i think you have that queued up for us don't you so i do so you guys know al roker right yeah. dina oh, you, yeah. you know al so Al Roker, and, and one of the things, you know, he does lots of other things besides weather now. And, and one of the other things he's heavily involved in is Thanksgiving Day, uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, lots of stuff. And so they, he, was, he was on a little promotional tour for some Thanksgiving uh, programming. And in this promotional tour, he, basically he was doing these cuts with all these local NBC affiliates. And my guess is he was he was starting Thanksgiving Day early, uh, and he was he was probably on the juice while he was going through some of these uh, interviews for some of these local stations. So uh, I will play this. The countdown to Thanksgiving is officially on, so let's kick off the holiday season with the one, the only, Al Roker. Al, so much to talk about today. I see by that smile on your face, you're probably going to be eating. Tell us what's going on in the Today Show Plaza. Hey Chris, so it, it's uh, we're back. You know we're we're bringing back our chef of Palooza. It's twenty one chefs for twenty twenty one. Some of the best chefs in America, bringing you their shortcuts, their food tips, everything you need to know to make sure you have a fantastic. Thanksgiving from substitutions, uh, last minute uh, tricks, and Martha Stewart has an item yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would a t-shirt be your turkey's best friend? Wow. He was having some hot toddies. That was a struggle. That was a struggle. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. What's the answer to the joke? I I don't know. Like I I, I have no idea. They didn't. Question. 
I think yeah, I think the I think the uh, local affiliate figured out. Okay, I better cut like get through All this right. interview really fast, <laughs> and he just moved on to a different topic. So, uh, so that was Al Roker having a, enjoying himself pre Thanksgiving. Uh, so good job, right. Al. So, all right, let's check out our uh, freak fan box. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. Hey, MJ, yeah. did you know yes. that that part of that song is uh, the Beatles? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched that uh, Get Back uh, documentary on I Disney Plus? Not yet. No. You oh, mentioned dude. That and we're going to, but no, haven't yet. It is outstanding. Sounds- really? Loved it. Loved okay. it. Loved it. Awesome. Well, we do have mail. So Paige We want love letters. Paige checked in. Well, this one's kind of, you know, yeah, we a want little some bit. love letters. Uh, there are a little love from Paige here, who is at Tornado Page YY on Twitter and checked in uh, with a thanks for getting me through 2021. Aww. And and what was nice is is Aww. they posted uh their Spotify badge. That showed that Stormfront Freaks was their most listened to podcast this year. <gasps> nice. With wow. some 88 episodes or something like that. You so. said it's Tornado Page 44 or something? At or YY. Tornado Page YY. YY. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to And is Page P-A-I-G-E. Yes. All right. Best fan like letter we've ever gotten. Yeah. I know. love letter, Page. We love you, Page. Absolutely. Yeah. Page, you're Greg, how many years are you in for? What what cell block are you in there? <laughs> Jeez. I'm tell you, but I'd have to kill you. So thank you, Paige. And you can tell by our reaction. We love to get these uh, messages from folks. So keep them coming. Yeah, yeah thank right you. On. Very good. Well, hey, everybody, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. Hey, but before I get to our next guests or our next episode if you like the show don't forget to subscribe okay and i say this every episode everybody but we have we have thousands of downloads and would love it if you know the the thousands of you that listen to us hopefully more than once uh you know could could comment on your uh your podcast app let us know what you like about the show so we know what to do and keep doing more of if that's what you like. Uh, and also subscribe or follow us on your podcast app. Um, you can get notified and receive the latest episodes of the show delivered right to your podcast player the moment that we release it. So you don't have to go looking for it. Uh, it'll be there right, we get a, right when we get a new one up there. Also, as we mentioned earlier in the show, visit patreon.com slash Stormfront Freaks. You can check out all the ways we do more with you and how you can also help support the show, whether it's the live access to view and chat during our raw video recordings, exclusive merch, uh, which we've been sending out. A lot of our Patreon members are getting all kinds of cool things, hats, uh, beer steins. Uh, I know Dan and Angela, we just sent out some of these awesome Midland Radio products and we're going to do some drawings for that with our other Patreon folks. Um, all you got to do is visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks, and you can join the team. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show. Uh, Dan and Angela are on. I know Steve, uh, Curtis, Josh, they're all on as well. So, and, and all the rest of you, thank you very much for helping us out. Uh, special thanks to our guest tonight, uh, Dr. Scott Denstadt. Thank you very much. Had a great time with Scott. Yeah, awesome. Uh, it's kind of cool because like we don't we don't get a lot of you know we don't talk 
aviation and, and weather much. It's, it's kind of a, a neat topic to, to bring that in. So that was kind of cool. And I'm sure Dina was loving it too. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's do this freaks. Let's uh, go around and kind of find out how people can follow you too, and, and get a chance to follow you on social media. Uh, MJ, I will start with you. Yep. At Mark storm pod on Twitter at, uh, and Mark is M A R C. Very good. All right, Jen, how about you? Uh, Instagram at Jennifer weather and on Twitter at, at J Watson underscore WX. Cool. Birthday Dina. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly on Twitter for that kind of stuff. So I'm lady pilot 70. Awesome. Greg. Uh, well, in honor of Maz's comment, I'm uh, cell block number. You know, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, it's all, number. it's all tornado Greg everywhere on social media. Greg. Very good. Maz. He's actually at soap on a rope. Money storm four, the number four, you, the letter U. So cool. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Phil storm pod. And of course, right here at Stormfront freak on Twitter uh, without the S Stormfront freak. So, all right. So this is, listen up guys. Our next episode is kind of going to be our Christmas gift to everybody. Uh, it is, it's coming up in a couple weeks. We're recording raw and with our Patreon members on Thursday, December 16th. So that's our recording date. Uh, the audio podcast is going to be up and available for Christmas, uh, but it's going to be our into the storm movie commentary and drinking game. So, uh, we've, we've had fun doing a twister and what was the other one? Oh, oh my God. You forgot the name of the movie. I can't. This I can't is, remember. This is, this is the best day ever. What was it? <laughs> what was the second one we did? No, the rest of you guys I forgot, forgot too. So f- all you all. None of you guys know what it is either. Oh, day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Oh, day after you? tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you, Dan Wallace. I thought. We, I thought we were all like playing with him. But yes, <laughs> yes we are. Yeah. Day after tomorrow. That was I the was second one we did. Greg. I thought he was going to be like. And so this this was voted on. This was voted on on Twitter uh, by our followers. Chose Into the Storm to be our next uh, next movie to watch. So we'll be doing that in a couple weeks, and that'll be uh, released on uh, right around Christmas. So next time you watch Into the Storm, uh, you can throw our podcast on and listen to our stupid, hilarious, drunken commentary uh, along with the movie. So uh, should should be fun. So for Jen and Dina, Greg, Maz, MJ. Dan and Angela, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys all next time. So, good night. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.